Hi, and welcome to episode 20 of the Mandarin Blueprint podcast. It's just me this week again. Phil's still in America, but he should be joining us for like a remote session next week from Florida. So we've got a big backlog of messages and, and comments built up this week. I uh, didn't really have much time to address some of them on the podcast. So we're going to jump straight into it today. As for updates, I mean, there's nothing really that you'll be interested in. We've got, obviously, we're doing stuff every single day, but I can't think of anything this week that you would be interested in knowing about. It doesn't affect anyone on the course or off the course for that matter. So, But there's a couple of cool emails we got, and they they have led us to think about a few things that will become updates on the course very soon. So we'll talk about those at the end of the podcast. So jumping straight into it, we're going to start off as we usually do with props. We had a, a few really cool suggestions for props this week. Will Henry on character 22, Xiong, as in older brother or big brother, we get you to pick a prop for that. He had a really cool idea, which was the idea of big brother checking in on you. I, he decided to go with a security camera. So you can do that a lot. I talked about this last week. You can have a couple of degrees of separation from the meaning. As long as it's there, it's pretty obvious to you what that represents. That's a really cool idea. And in fact, I remember William Edmides, who's next up, he actually commented on Will Henry's idea there, uh, saying thanks, it's a good idea. And it is. And we're going to talk a bit more about this whole commenting situation. That's one of the updates I really want to get into. But I've got, got to stick to the plan and get through these first. So William Edmides on Pick a Prop for... The little break thing, he said, bit of a silly question at this point, but I just wanted to be sure. Does the prop have to be a horse's head? That's what we suggest, the horse's head. Again, we talked about this last week. It came up. Um, he says, because I'm imagining it more like a boomerang, and I don't blame you. It looks exactly like a boomerang. And, of course, my answer was yes. You know, we, we give lots of guidelines um, for things relating to the course, but... Really, you can just choose whatever you like. You know, you can, you can, as long as it's related to the meaning or the appearance of the component, go for it. You know, in fact, there's so much about this method that is completely customizable. We always just give a guideline for, because the vast majority of people just want the least, the path of least resistance, obviously, right? They want, I want to get to fluency as quickly as possible so that we make it, we sort of baby step the process and, it's, you know, so it's made for that majority of people, but there's a minority of people that want to go their own way and, and forge their own path with it. And we've also given you the freedom to do that too. So pretty much anything in the course, like when it comes to the hands and movie method, it's, it's all, it's very flexible. Let's put it that way. Uh, Chad wrestler on character 161, da, as in big pick a prop. I went with Zeus Apollo from the TV show Magnum PI. They were Higgins's Dobermans. Never saw that show, heard of it, but uh, that's brilliant. Something related to a TV show you like, that's going to be very easy to remember. Will Henry again on character 304, Shoal, which is not that common a character, I guess, but it means head um, or uh, like the, the leading component. Um, perhaps an old-fashioned headmaster, complete with a mortarboard, cloak and whipping cane. Brilliant. Again, that's related to the meaning of the component or character as opposed to the way it looks. Brilliant. So that's all for props we had this week. Next up, actors. So anyone listening to this, if you don't know what actors and props and what they are, below the title in the show notes, you'll see a blog post that explains every aspect of it. So actors, 
Chad Wrestler on casting call 45 out of 55. So he's almost done with choosing the actors there. Chinese actress Fan Bingbing. I assume that's for B.I. Because it's, it's a female and she's a real person. So I imagine that's B.I. or yeah. And she's probably the most famous Chinese woman there is. So that is a very good choice. And she's gorgeous as well. Uh, Dev Chen, Devon, on casting call 16 out of 55. This is the SH character. Uh, it's a fictional character, Shu, I assume. Shamu, the whale, right? How do I know that? American culture is just so pervasive. It's right. How do I know Shamu, the whale? Shazam, Shane, the shadow. Shane, I imagine, the cowboy. Brilliant movie. Brilliant, act, brilliant character. And also, William Edmedes commented below suggesting... Uh, Oh no, sorry, this is from, sorry, William Edmede's character is on D.U., the another fictional actor, but this time it's for the letter D. And he suggested Dr. Emmett Brown from Back to the Future. Really good choice. Brilliant. So we've got a few things relating to movies, the actual movie scenes where we create the characters. Some of them are suggested movie scenes. Some of them are just cool comments about relating to making the characters and stuff. So we're going to sort of mix and match them here. So the first one, we've got a story, or I, I say story, it's bad habit. I want to say scene, because that's what it's more akin to, really. It's like a movie scene. So we've got the actor, as Nicki Minaj, that must be N-I, what's the character? Yes, Ni, as in you. Uh, childhood home is the location, or the set. And the props are Chuck Norris, representing the man component on the left, and the Ten Commandments, tablet representing the right side component he says i'm hanging out with Nicki minaj in the living room of my childhood home and chuck norris is there trying to teach her about the ten commandments this is about where anyone who's not familiar with our course starts to switch off from the podcast they're like what the heck is this guy talking about trust me guys it works check it out he has a replica of one of the tablets and he's going over each of the commandments with her Nikki doesn't understand the concept of thou, of course. I was wondering why, uh, I forgot why we chose Ten Commandments. That right side component, uh, that's one of the meanings for it. It's like an old version of you. Um, and so we related that to very something very ancient. However, she doesn't seem to get it and starts doing some freestyle rap, but using it completely wrong and out of context, Frustrated, Chuck Roundhouse kicks the big tablet, shattering it, and yells, it yells, it means you. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> Very, uh, I, I saw, I read that terribly, by the way. I was, I must have been really hard to listen to. Sorry. Didn't do this, the scene justice whatsoever. But that is really good. It's got a lot of personal stuff in there as well. And it's very much, you're using the personality and the style of Chuck Norris as well in there, which is just really effective. Julian Laffey on character 309, Gan, which is a very rare character. It's hardly used uh, uh, at all, actually. But we teach you it in order to build, uh, use it, teach it as a character, so we can use it as a component to build much more common characters. So Gan actually means willing, uh, So which is clearly a very difficult meaning to represent visually isn't it or at least it is if you haven't taken the course or you haven't not you're not very used to the course yet we, we cover a lot of these sort give you a lot of techniques for dealing with this stuff but julian has done this in a really cool way for willing 
I use George Bush Jr. and Tony Blair holding hands, the coalition of the willing. You know, so yeah, that's uh, it's a really good way to sort of work your way around. How do I represent the idea of willing? We used to do this when we did the live classes uh, for several years. We did live classes teaching this stuff. And this we did a special, I almost said episode, we did a special lesson just on these really tough meanings and just showing, trying to show people how easy it can be. Uh, we would just get people to do a keyword association. We'd actually talk about this with Nick in our guest videos in the course. You know, what do you, what do you think of when you think of living? Well, uh, willing. Well, the thing that Nick like used to do and that we used to suggest to a lot of people is do a bit of word association, you know? So will, willing, will. What do, you, what do you associate with that feeling? I'm willing to do something. Well, uh, he suggested... Uh, willing so when you think of will you think of i will or i do when someone's getting married or uh you, you think of something like that it's like an, a word association so when he thinks of willing he thinks of the concept of two world leaders getting together and the coalition of the willing i like that next we've got chad wrestle character 160 for neen so this is this must be the yeah, the very next character after ni you so it's the formal version of you and the only difference is exactly the same character, just has a, a heart below it, which I kind of really like. So like you use your heart more. You put your heart in it more when it's a formal situation. Anyway, he says he's got, so we've got Chuck Norris. Still, it's, it's three, it's basically the same components. We've got Chuck Norris, 10 commandment tablet, same as before, but this time you've just got to add a heart in. So it's three components or props this time. Same actress, but it's just in a different place. It's in the, uh, his girlfriend's apartment. Let's chat again. I'm standing in the kitchen of my girlfriend's apartment watching some YouTube videos and I come across a new Mickey, Nicki Minaj music video. Grateful that Chuck Norris taught her what thou really means, she, get, she decided to cast him in her new video called You, respectful in brackets, because it doesn't have any swearing in it. In the video, Chuck is standing on a dance floor in the shape of a heart with a replica of the Ten Commandments tablet just like when they were together the first time. Nikki's song is all about that time he taught her, with him shattering the tablet in the end, just like he did before. Being respectful of Chuck's beliefs, Nikki did not swear in the video, you at all. So, well done. I read it slightly better that time. Still not too good, sorry. Um, but yeah, that works. And I love it when, because the way the characters are set up, and you'll find this more as you progress through the course, Characters with similar components are grouped together. So often you'll be using the same actors and characters with similar components or structures often have the similar uh, pronunciations as well. So you'll often have the same actor and place or same actor and props in like several times in a row sometimes. So you can sort of, you naturally, just like what Chad's done here, you sort of link the stories together, like it's a progressive story, is it? which is pretty cool. And again, very memorable. So well done there, Chad. Next, we've got a comment from Soledad Morillas on character 17, Ba, means eight in Chinese, make a movie. He says, hi everyone, I have a doubt. The thing is I'm Spanish, and although my English is good enough to follow the lessons, uh, at, being, at being studying Chinese with this English method, I wonder myself if I should record my movie to remember either in Spanish, oh, so should he imagine the movie scenes in English his, or Spanish, his mother tongue. 
Will it influence how I remember quicker if I record them in Spanish? And my answer to this was, well, yes, <laughs> like either, either's fine. Whatever comes to you quickest, which is most likely going to, going to be Spanish. Uh, we've had people with multiple, uh, with different mother tongues doing this, uh, this uh, method and they choose actors that are related to Russian spellings or they've imagined things in Russian. Like I said, I used to live with a, a Lithuanian friend and she was in England so long that she began thinking in English. So say for someone like her, don't necessarily imagine it in Lithuanian, you probably imagine it in English because it comes to you quicker now. But if, if you're, you know, if, if Spanish is still how you think and yeah, just the path of least resistance, man, we don't want to create any unnecessary barriers or difficulties that don't need to be there. So yeah, Spanish is fine, English is fine, whatever's easiest. Another one from William on character 22, Xiong again. I'm an older brother, can I use myself? In a similar fashion to the set we imagined for Jie. I'm not sure what you're referring to there, but this one, I sort of said probably not for this one, because if he's imagining himself as representing the older brother for this specific character, then it kind of, I mean, it might not have an, an issue at all. I and mean, these are always just guidelines, guys, general guidelines. We never want to say, do not do this, or make sure you do this every single time. We just give you the best guideline that we think based on our years of experience learning and teaching the method. But I, my instinct says no for this one based on my experience because you kind of, what if you want to use yourself as a third person sort of, you know, actor or a character? You want to use yourself in another scene. Maybe your friend's there and you want to interact with him or your, your mother or your sister or whatever. You want to interact with them personally like you would. But you see yourself in like, wait a minute, you have to give an extra thought next time when it comes to recalling that movie scene because you think, oh, wait a minute, is that me as an older brother? Wait a minute, or is that just me being mean? You know, and I would prefer just to choose the latter because you, it's, it frees you up to include yourself and you can be a great uh, actor because you don't, you don't necessarily mess with the, the actor that you're using to represent the opinion initial. Does that make sense? So. My, my initial instinct is no, but it's, at the end of the day, it's only for one character, so it might not make a big difference at all. But as a general rule, yeah, try, I'd say you should keep yourself to yourself, as it were, so you can have the, that freedom to use yourself whenever you want without worrying about recall later. Uh, he also asks on character, uh, he says on character 27, shi, meaning knowledge. He says, I'm going to have my actor, Sean Connery, teach Oliver Twist. So Oliver Twist is the right side component, meaning only. You know, I only have whatever, one bowl of gruel or whatever. So that was our suggestion there. Um, he says, I'm going to have my actor, Sean Connery, teach Oliver Twist to say knowledge like Ty Lopez does using the megaphone. Megaphone is the left side component. Ty Lopez was famous for the way he says knowledge, knowledge. I didn't know that. And it's, it's iconic and he says it in all his videos. Fantastic, I'm aware of Ty Lopez. I've seen a couple of his, his videos. Um, and doesn't matter though, because it's per Ty Lopez is memorable to him. So that idea of that knowledge, that, that would be absolute nonsense to someone that has never seen or heard of Ty Lopez. That would not help them whatsoever. But of course, it's gonna be extra specially helpful to someone like William. That's why this method is so effective because it's so, so personal, which I, I love that. Uh, another one from uh, Dev Chen here on character 29, Matt, as in like basically the question mark at the end. And this, this one I actually loved. In fact, 
sorry. I just wanted to show to, to Devon, this one was really sweet because, well, I'll just read it first whilst I look for this <laughs> picture. And uh, yeah. So Devon said, one really sweet and quite unexpected side effect for me just occurred using the Mandarin Blueprint method. One of my actors is my dearly departed dad. In setting a particular scene, making a movie scene with him, I recalled and referenced a special moment that we had shared so many years ago that was buried inside my memory. It was really nice to remember him in this way and it brought a smile to my face. Now, as someone whose father only passed away a couple of years ago, I can say I was very, very genuinely moved by that. And uh, <laughs> my girlfriend, uh, my fiance read that and she, uh, she actually started crying. <laughs> and that doesn't take much to make her cry. But I took a picture of her and I'll get my video editor to put that up on screen right now. It was, uh, it was really moving and this is uh, it's just fantastic. So thank you for that, Devin. I really appreciate it. Um, William Edmides on character 23. Uh, Dui, make a movie. Anyone who's seen Full Metal Alchemist can use the Law of Equivalent Exchange. I have seen Full Metal Alchemist and it's available in Chinese as well. So once you get to the level where you can start reading, it'll, it'll be a while before you can read Format or Alchemist. Uh, it's because it's <laughs> so many words in there that don't exist in English or, or you know what I mean? Um, so many words specific to the show where you're just like, what the heck? But uh, it's worth it if you're really into the show. And that's the sort of thing you guys have to look forward to if you keep progressing through the course. You're gonna be able to read stuff um, and stuff that engages you. Uh, yeah, the law of equivalent exchange, again, would it be absolute nonsense to someone that hasn't seen the show, not helpful at all. But if you've seen that show, you know what it's talking about, you can employ that in your movie scenes and it will make them stand out. Fantastic. So that's all for the movie scenes for this week. Uh, let's move on to pronunciation. So the first question for pronunciation is from Daniel Morel Acolate. I'll just call him Daniel because I'm not sure about how to pronounce his second name there, his last name. He says, on tone change rules part three, third tone. What if you have three third tones following one another? Will the tone sandy be applied or not? So there's tone sandy, just like there is in many, uh, if not all, uh, tone tonal languages. And there's three main rules, especially as a beginner. There are others, but the three key ones you have to know, it's all in the Pronunciation Mastery course, which is currently free, so go and, go and check it out. And I'm not going to... I'm not going to answer this question right now. I'm just going to include the link to the video because we actually we made an entire video later on in the pronunciation course that explains this absolutely fine. Uh, so we completely understand that being the first question. It's like, okay, yeah, there's this change rule, but what about multiple third tones? We address it. So if you're interested in uh, knowing about that, click the link in the show notes. Next question, Marco Fusaro, Fusaro on... Problem initials ZH, CH, SH, and R, the overview. Oh, he just says, amazing course, guys. Can't wait to be fully ready to speak with Chinese people. Smiley face. I already spoke with some people and they are getting everything I say. Another smiley face. Brilliant. And uh, yeah, that, when you, I, I imagine you've got some sort of, uh, oh no, he's maybe he's an absolute beginner. But even people that aren't beginners, beginners, intermediates, even advanced people, one thing we've noticed that after they've gone through the course, they do notice a stark improvement, not only in how they are producing 
Chinese and how other Chinese people are understanding them, but also how they're, they're able to pick up a lot more because they understand the difference between very similar sounds and it, it just helps. And it's, it's a lot of stuff people say that, and it's kind of right to say this really, that pronunciation does take a while. It's not something that necessarily clicks fully or that you can master immediately or ever maybe, but at least not like a native person, but a lot of it does click immediately. A lot of it does just, you get these aha moments. We find that is very common. And that's why we structured the course the way we did to be as clear and precise as possible and include literally everything that we could possibly think that anyone would need to know about pronunciation and just shove it all into one seven hour course. So check that out while you can. Uh, next one is from, uh, guys, uh, my, my characters. I think it's uh, Kai Rong. Yeah, I think that's the one. Uh, unit three wrap up. Hi, Luke and Phil. I have a couple of questions about the tongue positions for retroflex initials. So that's where your tongue is up the uh, you know, that, that sort of pronunciation. The tongue should be by, uh, by the roof or next to the roof of the mouth, but it shouldn't necessarily be touching, or maybe it should. Also for the SH sound with the non-I final, like sha, shu, etc. what is the correct tongue position? You know, shu, sha. It's hard to keep the tongue at the same position by the roof of the mouth throughout, of course. Is the correct way to keep it near the roof, similar to shu? Well, the answer is, First of all, your tongue doesn't have to be touching the roof of your mouth at all, necessarily. It depends on your personal mouth, your personal roof, your personal tongue. But uh, just point it more towards the roof and you'll get it sounding more, more native. But don't, well, like when I started out, I found out this trick when I was sort of really early on, because I really focused on pronunciation early. I, I went too far with it. I was like, really, really going over the top. My Chinese friends were just making fun of me. It's like, Luke, settle down. You don't have to pronounce like that. You can just, just do something that feels natural, but also make sure you do it. Do you know what I mean? So find a find a good middle ground where you are speaking. Not you're you're not the tongue is not in the position that it would be if you were saying shh in English. So it's not that far down, but it. It's not also too far up that you're actually straining yourself and making it difficult, giving yourself basically a speech impediment in talking. So you find find your balance. You will over time. And yes, you're, you know, we do. I think I do mention this in the, in one of the videos. When it comes to sh, yeah, when you're saying sh, your tongue doesn't move, right? But if yeah, if you if you're gonna say sheng or shu or shua or whatever it is, your tongue will move naturally depending on the final. So don't worry about that. It doesn't have to be fixed throughout the entire sound. But uh, what I meant in that video, which I hope is clear enough, but obviously it wasn't completely clear, was that regardless of uh, whatever SH in the, uh, syllable you're talking about, you are going to start the same way. You're going to start with that sort of tongue up SH sound. The SH, because some people in our experience, again, uh, some people were not not quite getting that. That's why we included that point in there. Next question, John Hay on war on new vocabulary unlocked. So we're sort of moving away from the pronunciation now and just onto general questions relating to the course and whatnot. John Hay on war says, should sentence three not be let's go to the park together to play? I, I imagine, yeah, because thinking back, I don't have the sentence in front of me, but I imagine it's like, uh, and the translation is, let's just go to the park. So, war, 
let's go to the park and play. Literally, that's what it says in Chinese, but the English meaning isn't really that. He says, uh, so let me, I might hop again. I'm not really doing well at explaining stuff today. Let's try that again. So the literal Chinese, let's go to the, the park and play. But the, what I explained to John Hay, which he clearly didn't uh, know, and like and I wouldn't expect anyone to know this, Chinese, the Chinese use the word war in a much more, in a much less literal way. It can be war, like uh, oh, the, the the Haids are warring right now. They're 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 playing, but usually adults use it just like let's just go out, and the play part is not doesn't apply. So let's just go to the park and hang out or spend time. Let's go to the the jiuba. Let's go to the bar, and you know play. Play literally means just spend time, hang out. So that get, that does get confusing, but yeah. And it's, it sounds really weird. It's like, why are you guys being so childish? They're talking about going to the bar and playing. Like, come on, we're adults. We're going to go get drunk. But yeah, it just means that. <laughs> De Devon uh, on level four complete. I'm salivating for that level five gravy. And that is just the kind of enthusiasm that we encourage. Salivating, literally salivating for the course content. I mean, what? What could be better to hear from a course creator than that? Brilliant. I'm glad you're into it, Dev, and you're doing great as well. So we've got another question from Chad here on Daren. So he's just unlocked that word, Daren, which in modern Chinese means adult. You know, Daren. He's a he's an adult. I mean, you say Chengnianren is like the more I don't know really, um, but it's all it's all good. You can sort of mix and match those sort of uses. But he asked this because Chad loves to watch Chinese TV shows, and it's it's going to really pay off for him in the long in the long run by doing this. Um, in a lot of Chinese movies set in ancient times, such as Brotherhood of Blades, <clears throat> you hear this word a lot, Darren, but it seems to mean like excellency or lord or sir. I'm guessing it also has another meaning that isn't used anymore. Yeah, so this Darren means it's usually in a, a noun meaning adult. But uh, in ancient Chinese, Da Ren was like Ling Dao, like a leader. Uh, so Da Ren is Ling Dao. Ling, uh, so it's, that's what we would say in modern times. So it's basically a very formal way of saying boss, you know, respecting uh, someone with a lot of shenfen, someone with a lot of, uh, well, what's the equivalent of shenfen? Uh, come on. Why, this, is, this is a little. <laughs> This is a little thing that you get when you learn multiple languages. Um, you, you you forget your own mother language a lot, and it's, it's really frustrating. All right, um, stature. There we go. You get a lot people with a lot of stature. They have a lot of uh, social weight. You know, you'd you'd refer to them as Darren back in the old days. But this is not used in this way anymore. But you'll see it a lot in uh, in these sorts of Chinese shows. Next one here is from Harry C by email. And he says, hi guys, huge fan of MBM. I'm on character 105 now. So he's just gone into the level 13, which is where we go into phase three. We start really focusing on reading sentences. So it's a very exciting sort of clicky aha moment period. I'm really jealous of people that get to that point as a beginner. That's brilliant. So he says, I just thought of something after watching your video at the end of level 12. You talk about wanting to have a community eventually where everyone is helping each other. Ah, this is one of the emails I mentioned at the beginning where this is going to give us uh, sort of the inspiration to, to do something new with the course. I think that would be great and it's an exciting idea, but I feel like the website and the comment system in the current state 
isn't a great platform to achieve that goal. Fair point. Right now, there isn't a good way for your students who are really passionate about MBM to interact with each other and talk about MBM in general and exchange ideas and such. Commenting on videos only allows a very limited community and because, for example, I'll never see new comments in previous videos anymore. That's, yeah, again, another, another great point. Along with that, there isn't a good way to contribute to comments that new students bring up in early videos. My idea is to basically have a forum of, uh, forum type of place for MBM students and fans of MBM. Not only would this be a place to create a real community, but it would also be a great way for you guys to expand your influence and get more people to hear about you. Even though you guys had, had a bad experience with Reddit a few weeks ago, yeah, tell me about it. Um, where am I here? Uh, my suggestion would be to create a subreddit for MBM and tell everyone signed up with about uh, who signed up for MBM about it. We do have a Mandarin Blueprint subreddit, but we could maybe uh, think about uh, using that and spreading the word about that much more. That way, anyone can make posts and comment on posts and comment on each other's comments. It would solve all the issues I've mentioned. It's one of the most popular internet platforms currently. In fact, it's how I heard about you guys. I know you guys mentioned the Chinese language forum in one of your podcasts, but I bet it gets a lot less traffic than Reddit. I hope you'll take my suggestion in into consideration because I'd love to be able to visit an MBM forum or subreddit and contribute to your product, which I've become really, a pas really passionate about in the past month. Thank you. Brilliant. And the reason why I put that in there because no, it's, it's just I can't argue with any of that. It's uh, we we do want to build a community and we're spending so many plates that we haven't really focused on it enough. And I think the first step, first of all, go to uh, yeah, it's just Mandarin Blueprint um, R slash Mandarin Blueprint or whatever it is on Reddit. Uh, or you can just search for it on Reddit and find that. But we will probably make an announcement very soon to anyone that's on the course. Uh, about the Reddit thing. And also Kajabi, the, the video platform we use, they, they have a new type of product that we can create, which is a community product. So I'm gonna in, invest in that a little bit, invest some time and try and figure that out. See if we can set up, a, a, basically, a, an extra product that would automatically appear in your course library. And it would be essentially a forum of sorts. Now I'm not 100% sure about this yet. I'll have to look into it, but we are going to take action on this very soon. Uh, because it's it's something that we need to do. So thank you for that. Uh, next, we've got a quick question from Chad. How exactly do you ask for a check in a restaurant? I figured it would uh, it would practice. I figured I would practice here on lunch, but the girl didn't seem to understand me. So I talked with the guy at the counter. He said that my dan always oh, said my dan with the fourth time. It's my dan is a verb. Yeah, but pleco lists it as a noun. Uh, okay. He said that the correct word is jipiao, but Pleco says it means plane ticket. Maybe you meant fa piao, which means like uh, get a receipt. I was doing hunky-dory up to the point of asking for that check. Well, you know, you might have said mai dan. If you just said mai dan, then might have confused her a bit. Might be the fact that you're in America and she's not used to people speaking Chinese, so it's just a bit of a shock. Uh, but yeah, if you said mai dan, mai dan with the first tone, that, that, everyone understands that. That is the way that most people ask for the bill. Sometimes you say, jie zhang, you know, jie zhang. It's like a more formal way or a less common way of saying it, I guess. But yeah, I mean, you must have uh, either messed up the pronunciation a little bit 
or she just wasn't ready to hear you speak Chinese. That happens a lot, you know. There's, I saw this incredibly funny video recently. It wasn't about Chinese, it was about Japanese. There's a guy, uh, I don't know what his parent, where his parents were from, but he's not Japanese and he was born and raised in Japan. He speaks perfect Japanese, obviously. And it's just a video of him trying to order something. And he's, he's surrounded by American with like who are ethnically Japanese, but are American, don't speak Japanese. And he's trying to order and the, the Japanese waitress is just looking at his, his friends and she's like, could you, I don't know what he's saying. And it is, it is making fun of, making light of a kind of true situation. You get that sometimes. Like as a, as a Chinese speaker, I will, like the other day there was this, we we're out walking our dogs and there's this woman that came in with a poodle and the poodle was just determined to mate with my dog. You know, she's in heat and he was just determined to chat. And I was, you know, we we're having a laugh about it and chasing them around and stuff. And got to chatting with this, this woman. She's about 45, 50, very pleasant woman. And she, she's like, uh, I was like, I was just basically saying to her, oh, just make it small talk, you know. And then she was like, she, she, she looked, talking to me and then she turned to my fiance and she went, his Chinese is really good. Where's he from? You know, and this is a really common thing that you get uh, where people just won't want to, not want, it's just, it's just, it's just shocking to them, you know? So, and especially living in, living and working in America, I mean, you're going to find that. So I couldn't tell you what went wrong there exactly, Chad, but, uh, you know, keep trying. You, you got the right word. So, but yeah, that is a strange phenomenon. Uh, we've got another one here by Jeremiah uh, from email. Dear Luke and Phil, I appreciate how you guys expanded the free trial materials recently to allow me to peek a bit more at your overall roadmap. Love that word. After looking everything over, I'm sold. Right now, I'm going through your pronunciation course as a review. When that's finished, I'm going to subscribe and start working through the main course. Brilliant. I don't know how many clients you get who are in my position folks who studied for a period of time already and who have made it to maybe an intermediate level, the hard way. <laughs> maybe you get quite a few. Well, yeah, I was one of them. In any event, my plan is to start using Mandarin Blueprint as the main locus of my language studies. Or well, I imagine you meant to say focus, but sure. I'll still go to my uni class as a requirement for my visa. Yeah, again, I've been there. Uh, but I'm going to focus on your materials. Really excited about what you've put together. First of all, yes, um, you're an intermediate and you've done it the hard way. So what that usually means is that you've, you've done it in a poor way, right? And it, it's very inefficient and that is missing a lot of uh, important details and, and, and there's a lot, there'll be a lot of gaps in your knowledge. And again, I'm saying this because that was me. Uh, and Phil did the similar thing. He went purely through university, but we both had our issues. Um, going through the Mandarin Blueprint course again from the beginning, go, starting and just going through the course, I think it'd be really good in the long term because it might be frustrating a little bit for, for you because if you already know like a few hundred characters, in fact, all the characters in the course, you might quote unquote know. I'm doing air quotes here. I know that's annoying, but often people say that when they learn the hard way, the traditional way, they don't actually know the characters. They just know how to uh, read them. Or they, but they, they couldn't really pronounce them or they, they pronounce it wrong a lot or uh, the wrong, you know, they're, they're so they have different pronunciations, they don't know which one to say and they certainly can't write them, blah, blah. So anyway, yeah, you'll if you go back, uh, just do the whole course from the beginning, you'll have a foundation so you'll be able to handle it a lot easier than, than uh, say, a beginner would and you could just smash through that and you'll be filling your gaps 
that you've developed or fixing your bad habits that you might have developed over the the time that you've spent so that's a suggestion that i would i would say like we get a lot of intermediates uh in fact these are our two most common queries for people that want to sign up so that i'm an intermediate or i already have a foundation is this going to be worth my while and you know i always just say do it and we have a 90-day guarantee so if after a, you know three months you decided no, it's not for me then you can always get your money back anyway and the other most common one is, do you do traditional characters? Because there's so many people in Taiwan and we've had so many questions about that, that we're really considering that being a focus at some point over the next year or two, just making the whole system for traditional characters as well. Anyway, I would say, yeah, go for it. And I'm glad you're excited about it and that you're willing to make it your focus. Another key point about this is that the Mandarin Blueprint method is a fantastic complement to your university studies, which, let's be honest, can be a slog, right? Uh, we've talked about this at length before. We've written articles about it. I'm not going to go into it now. But yeah, university is tough because it's just so inefficient, so repetitive, so boring. And, and at least we've both found it to be like that. Uh, but if you do the Mandarin Blueprint method, you'll be learning in such a detailed way. You'll, have, you'll build such a strong foundation that you'll be able to take on whatever you learn in university much easier and I would also say that you can the knowledge that you'll develop when it comes to creating flashcards not just using the flashcards that we give you but you'll also figure out how to create your own flashcards and you can do this and this was so helpful for us Phil and I like I, I joined Phil for one semester and I couldn't hack it I just it was just because I was already flying by that point I was already making such good progress I thought university would give me a, a, a spurt of sort of motivation to keep going. No, it, it had the opposite effect, so I left. Phil was already in deep, so he just he continued on and finished and, and graduated. But I remember being that semester, I never got lower than 98 on any test. I always got 98% or above. I think, I think I might have got 95 at one point or something, but it was always passed with flying colors. Do you know why? Every single thing, well, every single thing I already had a basic knowledge of anyway because I was way ahead of everyone else. And like, but it was also just that, it was also any new stuff that I needed to learn, I didn't know, straight in the flashcards. And review flashcards every day. I never studied, Phil never studied. And it was, yeah, so that was quite, that was quite cool. My teacher didn't like me very much though. I was just to turn up late. I turned up for, <laughs> I turned up for, this is not showing up, this is just, just showing you how Anki is. This is how effective our techniques are and how effective Anki is. We just turn up to the, the final exams like halfway through with 40 minutes left and I'd still finish before other people. Phil would do the same. And uh, yeah, the teacher did not like it. Jeremiah wanted to say this last little bit at the end. He says, I'm wondering if it would be useful to you guys for me to keep a sort of running journal of how it works for me, as in the Mandarin Blueprint method. A sort of extended testimonial, we call that a case study, and it's this is such a great idea. Assuming it goes well, such a record could be useful in promoting your course among students who aren't starting from scratch, but who would like a better and more organized overall system. I'm happy to do this, so just let me know if you'd be interested. And I've already, of course, replied to him, yes, that would be amazing. We'd, you know, because we're, it's a fairly new course, it's only been out since January, and uh, it, it takes a while to build up subscribers and stuff. So we really would love to keep tabs on people. We've had some incredible results, but we only really get to hear about the results from the back end by like looking at people's progress and we have to, or people that have just smashed the way through. But I'd, I'd love to see and hear about a step-by-step a -step sort of 
weekly or even daily or monthly, whatever it is, a log of your progress. That'd be amazing. And I'm sure other people get a real good benefit out of that as well. So brilliant. So that's all the comments that we have today, guys. That's all the emails we received this week. If you have any questions or comments about the course or plans for the future or any troubles that you're having with Chinese learning in general, you know, you're having a problem with making a commitment to every day, whatever it is, we're here and we're available to answer any questions, give you any advice that you might need relating to Chinese. We don't know much about anything else. So, But uh, anytime you want to get in touch with us, just get in touch at contact at mandarinblueprint.com if you need like an immediate answer. If you want something to be on the podcast, send it to podcast at mandarinblueprint.com. So thanks, guys. I hope that was helpful and I will speak to you very soon.